Welcome to Advancing All Women with Next Up. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics of the moment for women in the workplace, including key issues that affect the advancement of women, creating better workplaces for women of color, DEI and B solutions, and more. So it was just two years ago on May 16th, 2021, that we launched our very first podcast for Next Step. And I think we all, oh, we remember all so well that we were in the thick of the pandemic. And we were hearing from our members. Their plea was, hey, I can't do, I won't do another Zoom or Teams or Hangout, you know, whichever virtual vice was their fancy at that time. They were saying, hey, please find a way for us to escape our crazy, a way for us to continue to learn and develop as leaders at our convenience and not being stuck at our desks at home. So true to our mission, we launched Advancing All Women in partnership with Voice America. And Voice America, we thank you for partnering with us and helping us to host 67 shows, and we have now logged in over 80,000 listeners to this point. Now, at that time, if you remember, we were still named the Network of Executive Women, and since then, we've changed our name to Next Up. And we all believe and know that our new name, Next Up, truly manifests our North Star, which has remained the same, to advance all women in business. In that spirit, we have leveraged this show to shine the spotlight on the business issues, the corporate and cultural obstacles, the personal successes, the failures and the learnings you can take away from them. But most importantly, to shine the spotlight on our amazing members, our partners, and the leaders who tirelessly work each and every day and night to do all that they can to position all women up for success and equal opportunity and in their lives and at work. I have been truly humbled by the number of people who have joined us as guests and they have precious time to share, but yet they still made it happen. They've shared their stories, their energy, their resilience, their bravery, and their brilliance with us all. Next up, and I thank you from the bottom of our hearts. As I've already shared, this is my last show. It is my swan song, as they say. But today, I leave you with a gift. Our new Next Step CEO will be joining me today to chat one-on-one, CEO to CEO, CEO to CEO. And to say that I'm thrilled that she has replaced me is an understatement. And you will clearly hear that she will take Next Up our mission and community to that next level and beyond and even more. And nothing could make me happier. I am Sarah Alter, the former CEO and president of Next Up and the soon-to-be former host of Advancing All Women. And I am now joined by the absolutely incredible Lisa Beard, CEO of Next Up. Welcome. Well, hey, it's great to be here, Sarah. Um, I have, I feel like in our overlap, we spent uh, like 24 hours a day together and then I didn't see you for five weeks. So it's nice to be back with you. I know. I know. We were joined at each other's hips and, and it, um, it, you know, like I said, there is no greater joy 
um, you know, so thrilled that you have like taken the ball and run with it. And you and I were just chatting. It's been about five weeks. Yeah. And yeah. And, and we well, wanted I- to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I want the listeners to know, like literally the day that Lisa accepted this, this offer and, and opportunity. Oh, she dove right in. She was going 95 miles per hour. So she's really been working for like eight or nine or 10 weeks total. And, <laughs> And that's when I knew she was she was truly that 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 right leader for next step to to take us to that next level and beyond. So so let's talk about this this role as CEO of Next Step. And it 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 was you know as as I was trying to think about it, it as I've shared, it's been six years. And, you know, I was at the time that I was given this joy and blessing is what I call it, the the role as CEO and president to run Next Up. I didn't even have nonprofit on my radar. You know, it was just I had a friend who was a recruiter that said, hey, you should, you know, check it out. Um, you know, share with us, you know, how you came across next up and like, you know, what was on your radar? I'm sure you had a plethora of opportunities and you were also working at that time, but I'd love to hear your journey and finding next up. Well, and you know what? I'm, I'm delighted to say, luckily enough that next up found me. Um, I, um, and it was, I was, you know, kind of, it was the end of the year and I um, had known of the commerce, the, the organization under its older name. And, you know, believe it or not, I feel like I've come first soccer. I started my career at Procter and Gamble as uh, in brand management. And I've met a, uh, right now, a lot of the, the next up members yeah. who are either with PNG or affiliated with me and G and we're really lucky to have Monica Turner on our board. Uh, North American president of PJ. So I was familiar with it, but from many, many different chapters ago. And so when the when I got uh, reconnected with the company and did the interviewing, and Sarah was part of the interview process, I will tell yeah. you, which was great, right? Um, it was great to see Sarah how much it had grown, how big it become, how it had, you know, expanded into um, any, you know, a number of different industries beyond CPG and retail to finance, technology, healthcare, um, small business, small enterprises, and large enterprises. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's been amazing to see, like, from where I was twenty years ago when I first saw it to now. It's a uh, it's kind of a, a very, very important voice and um, uh, a mission-based organization against this kind of stubborn, thorny problem we have about advancing all women. And so, yeah, you know, congratulations, Sarah, for leading the helm uh, for six years and and taking it to its next le- next level. I mean, really, a yeah. lot of work has been done. The membership exploded. The regions are an incredible, strong differentiator. You really work to make sure that they were whole on their own. Um, The rebranding to kind of reflect our times and and its broader mission, Uh, bringing in learning and development um, beyond the incredible uh, experience our members got with networking. I I mean, it's it's really in in terrific shape. So um, it's nice to be able to, to lead that and go forward. Um, and the thing that I'm really loving right now is the talent you hired at the staff level. <laughs> I, a, I know they're amazing. <laughs> no, what a, a tremendous gift! What a yeah. gift that that's been great. Yeah. No. No. It. it 
and I'm I'm so excited, and I'm gonna you know I'll, I'll I'll say it later, but I'm I'm now I I have a lifetime membership, so I'm gonna totally be cheering you on. Um, but what I'm I'm so excited about when I met you is that you have just this this rich and deep network, and and many other communities that we've not touched. And, and so as, you know, we continue to serve all the industries that you said, right, you know, CPG and retail and tech and financial services and professional services and so on, I'm super, super excited about you're going to put your own touch on it. And and we'll we'll get into that, you know, in, in, in a little bit. But so tell me about what a, attracted you then to this nonprofit opportunity because as when people go and check you out on LinkedIn and and I encourage everybody to do it you are going to see that Lisa has been a leader across multiple industries and organizations and made a mark in in each and every one you know delivered great impact you're on boards you know you were consulting right at the time that you were interviewing why kind of shift you know, from like that for-profit world, like you just took the company public, right? As a board member, why shift into this non-profit world? What what was, you know, it, what was, was attracting you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll say, and it is, it is the nonprofit plus the, the mission of this. I'll, I'll, it was actually the unique footprint of Next Up that, that got me into it. Not, um, let me tell you my background. I like to talk about my background in three chapters. The first is very traditional marketing and general management experience in CPG and healthcare in particular. Um, so a lot of um, work in kind of top you know, companies um, learning what I call the basics, analytics, strategic discipline, uh, managing people, building, launching new products. The middle chapter of my career was in really complicated, big multinational companies, really complicated business models with unions and capacity issues and fast changing General Motors and IBM, where I led huge teams at IBM. I was the SVP of marketing and I led a team of 1,800 marketing professionals across uh, 77 countries. And when people talk about diversity, right, they they talk about the diversity, sometimes it's with a U.S. lens on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is. And, and I understand it and I'm very empathetic to it. But from pretty really early on in my career, leading global workforces, you, you know, you're by your nature, you're diverse, like you have to be, it's different mm-hmm. cultures, different languages, different levels of sophistication, different values, um, extremely different values. So I think I just love this idea early on of working to advance um, equity and diverse cultures. And I don't mean that in just the US, you know, and right. Anyway, I then took a sharp left turn, which is what I call it, um, because an, a mentor of mine had gone from a former company I've been into the National Football League. Okay, to pause. <laughs> Deep breath. Um, <laughs> why would I go from corporate America to sports? And um, you know what? I think what sports taught me broadly was how much you can use a platform to do good. And by the way, being in sports is wonderful. It's exciting. You are, you know, welcomed at every cocktail party in the world. You're constantly spending your life getting tickets for people. 
and I worked at the NFL and uh, I worked at, but what's fascinating is when you really use the power of sport to really become a platform because every paper, every media outlet, TV, streaming, broadcast covers sports 24 seven, right? So it's a platform to be able to do things. And I was introduced to that concept of using your platform to make the world a better place, not only at the NFL, but a, a, for a decade where I worked in probably one of the biggest nonprofits in the world, the Olympic movement. And that is, it is a nonprofit of epic proportions. Um, It's similar, like I say, it's similar to Next Up, where there's an international head, there are Mm -hmm. international federations, there are national Olympic committees, there are uh, domestic governing bodies. So it's a very... um, ecosystem of sport and it's all manned by volunteers except for the few staff and it services two important uh, missions one is to advance athletics worldwide with equity around the world and they do that at uh you know summer games there's 14,000 uh probably olympic athletes and at a winter games a little less yeah, it's, it, they're enormous undertakings. But what's amazing about it is the grassroots effort and how much Olympic sports. So if you think about Olympic sports as a platform, we had 4 billion people watching and able to talk about what is really the mission of the Olympics, which is to um, bring peace to the world through sport. And so I fell in love with that idea of dual missions. They're much more interesting, right? We were We were at the top of the sports game, particularly Team USA. But you also were there in service of something greater, which is peace through sport. People aren't even familiar with this, but it was a vision a very long time ago by the leader of the the Olympic movement to enact a resolution that said for the period of the games, there would be no war. And to this day, Mm -hmm. they try. So the head of the IOC, the president of the International Olympic Committee goes to the United Nations and they pass a resolution that every country will stop war. And so it really is trying against that mission, but there's also that excitement of the mission. So if you look at Next Up, I love the fact that this started as almost, it started about women getting together to support other women, but it mm-hmm. started in a really mm-hmm. pure way, which is, hey, I got to grow my business. We're leaders. We need a voice. We need a way to do business. We need, we have commonalities. We have common customers. We have common problems. Mm -hmm. And let's work to advance business. And we created that. That was the original kind of intent of it. And it's still very, very strong. But where it's become rich today is how much women are using this as a really great place to not only mentor themselves, grow themselves, but grow that next generation. And I love that aspect of it, of people now who you see have grown up with Next Up that are very concerned and really giving back to that generation. So there's an incredible, you know, uh, uh, cyclical piece of it that I think is just exploding. And if, as you say, we get it to more communities whether they're in different industries or deeper communities attached adjacent to our core core industries, it just feels that women are coming together to really solve this problem. I don't want to say on their own because you still need right. that corporate umbrella. Right. Absolutely critically important. But there's more agency with women now, not to empower themselves, but to empower the gender. And that's the exciting thing that I see. It's not like, look, there's, I'm all for empower yourself. 
I've done it all my career. You have too, Sarah. Oh, but yeah. wow, yeah. the power that comes with a movement. And so when you asked me what attracted me, I feel like now's the time to make this a movement in the same way that the Olympics is a movement. Yeah, yeah. And and we're all getting ready to go to Paris, right? Yeah, well, for the next... I might not be, but I hope you are. <laughs> I know, I know. Odds are that's probably not on my travel calendar okay. either. I, I, I would love to, but yeah, no, and it's... And I love how you've used the word multiple times, but it's the community, right? It's, it's, that is the heart and soul of next up and perfect parallel to the Olympics, right? Cause it's like, how can we bring ourselves together as a community with one common goal and mission, right? And, 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 and that transcends our own personal or professional yeah. or corporate priorities, right? Like we're here well, to absolutely help each that, other, right? Yeah, no, I think that's why the nonprofit aspect of this is so appealing because there are lots of entities out there that do it for profit. And that is great. There is, I love for profit, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and there are many, many different entities that are looking to empower women. But the idea of doing it in a nonprofit where you're actually doing something for our entire community right? Sharing best practices. You know, you might be sharing, I've seen uh, companies who are in the same competitive set sharing best practices on how to advance all women. That doesn't happen in business very much. And in yeah. our, in yeah. our communities, it does. So I know it's only been the, 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 well, technically the five, but again, I'm giving you credit for like eight to 10. I lost count. Um, but share share what you've how you as a new leader have immersed yourself. And and I think these are key lessons that like any new leader and particularly at that CEO level can take away. You know, what has your approach been? I know you and I partnered and we tried to lay out, okay, here's the transition plan with a couple of weeks that we had. And I tried to do a brain dump as best I could, you know, add, you know, threw some stuff on a zip drive so that you could use it later, right? Um, from the brain. But share share the journey you've had and what steps you've taken to get yourself up to speed and what are key lessons that others can take away from that? Well, I think it, you know, it's comes from I, I've got a a lot of people spend their entire career in one industry and they make it all the way to the top. And even sometimes, although it's rare, one company, but it's more unusual when you go from industry to industry, because you not only do you have to prove yourself in a new company, you actually have to new, learn a new industry, yeah. right? You really have to learn it very quickly. And the, the, the quicker you can get a sense of the dynamics of the industry. I mean, I remember, I don't laugh going into the pharmaceutical area. And I remember practicing the names of drugs, pharmacological drugs, because they're very hard oh, to say. So absolutely. I was <laughs> at home so that I wouldn't, you know, I was in front of doctors and researchers and physicians. And I wanted to say, you know, pseudephedrine and diphenhydramine and, you know, all these words I want to say correctly. My funniest one was joining the NFL. I really didn't know a lot about the NFL. And um, I was determined to know at least enough to be credible, right? Not to be good. But I took the training cards home on the train. I commuted on the train. There are 1,800 players, active players in the National Football League. And I took the, the, the their training cards home so I knew what university they came from, what position they played, how many, how many teams they played. And I would just go through the cards. Uh, like It was like those little cards you teach grammar to your kids on. So I've taken <laughs> somewhat... That. 
No, that's how I, I love that. <laughs> um, I uh, I remember French is the the uh, official language of the Olympic movement. Uh, funnily enough, I did not know that. So that is true. Say <laughs> it is the official language, and if you notice, when the president of the International Olympic Foundation does his address on the opening games, it will be in French. Um, so. Uh, I started to learn conversational French, but this one has been a lot more interesting and fun. So I've done three things to and in my immersion process to learn it. One is, it's going to sound funny, but I've been attending as many of our learning programs as I can, a lunch and learn, like I was on with mm-hmm. the Anywhere region yesterday on a, a great topic for, you know, I don't think anybody actually takes lunch, but when you shove a sandwich down your throat or your desk, exactly. which is yeah. what they call lunch now. <laughs> I was able to get in there and it was a way for me to meet the um, next step anywhere people to actually take some of our learning programs in to experience what it's like to be in a virtual learning environment. And I had been very much trying to really understand what it's like to be in this learning and development. Um, So that's like an example of one of the things that I'm trying to do to learn this as quickly as possible. The other thing which is a bit challenging, is when you're a leader of a nonprofit and you're a small group and you're serving an enormous constituency, reaching out and connecting with as many people as fast as you can so you can tell them how appreciative you are to be here, that your email box is open or your LinkedIn, you know, your LinkedIn DM is ready to business. So just the the amount of outreach I've been doing to introduce people in my network to uh, to network, but, you know, meeting region leaders, attending conferences, um, you know, to try and get uh, a sense of who people are, what is their, what are they doing? How do they love it? I'm My transition plan that you helped put together for me is working out great. I've been able to get one-on-ones with our board, which has been instrumental in um, really bringing me along. And I have to give a shout out to Karen Stuckey, who's advising and coaching me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing a great job bringing some of the history of of Next Up to me. Because remember, there's probably a 25-year decade, twenty about, about an 18-year decade when I wasn't in the near the organization. Um, and then also, most importantly, spending time with the staff um, to make sure that we are organized, that our financials are in good good shape, that we're we're going to head out of this year with great success that you started. Um, so some of it is expected as a CEO, but I think the thing that um, is is charming is that I'm really learning at the same time I've joined a learning organization. And it's really fun. It's really fun to be that student again. Um, I really missed it because I was 15 years in sports. Not that I knew everything, but get a little stale. You kind of go, yeah, I've been there, done there. That so now I'm I'm learning again. And it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. No, I I had this epiphany that like in the first year alone, I had met more people in that one given year than I had my entire life. Yeah. Right. I and can I'm, see. I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm no spring chicken, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, so multiply that by six and you just, the, the amount of people you meet is just incredible. And, and I loved what you said that, you know, we are a volunteer organization, right? We've got, you know, hundreds, hundreds, six, 700, you know, volunteers. You can never say thank you enough. 
You know, we've partnered with over 900 companies. You can never say thank you enough. And so I love, you know, how you're diving in, you know, right away to, you know, meet as many people as you can. And and the beautiful thing too, is that it, it, we're, you know, we, we are back in person, like, you know, both at a, a learning level, at a regional level, at a conference level, you know, but most of our partners are still hybrid, right? So it's, it's, it's good. It makes you all the more, you know, productive and, and, and able to then connect with as many people as you can. Yeah. 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 Now, so we are at a perfect juncture point that we're going to take a quick, quick um, commercial break. I am Sarah Alter, and I've been hosting the Advancing All Women podcast. When we return, Lisa and I are going to continue our chat, but don't leave us because we're going to hear more from Lisa on what her future vision is for next up. So stay tuned. For over 20 years, Next Up has been bringing professional women, allies, and corporate partners together to champion gender equity and advance all women in their careers. Together, we are a powerful, growing community of over 14,000 members and 300-plus regional and corporate sponsors. We work to create leadership opportunities, amplify women's voices in the workplace, and ensure that all women in business can seize opportunities in the now and in the next. Members of Next Up gain access to a broad community of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development across our 21 regional communities. Get best-in-class leadership development opportunities and attend our two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and B and leadership. Join Next Up today. Visit nextupisnow.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member. That's nextupisnow.org slash membership. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Next Up? Visit our website at nextupisnow.org. That's nextupisnow.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Advancing All Women podcast with Sarah Alter. And today I am chatting with our next up CEO, Lisa Beard. So, so Lisa, let's talk about you. You referenced it earlier um, that you know we we are blessed with an incredible board, Ugh, like one of the best you know boards that and any CEO or nonprofit organization um, would want to have. But what are some of like your 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 you know key learnings? And and advice because you've I, I referenced it earlier too. You've you've been engaged in a number of for profit and then nonprofit boards. You, you you're on a board now that just took a company public. But share with our audience some of your thoughts on that that people can take away. Yeah, you know the the, the thing is boards all boards are not the same. And and you know one of the mm-hmm. questions I'm asked and I've already been asked. It's so much fun to be asked um, for career advice personally from a lot of the people that I'm starting to meet at Next Step, like they've set up meetings. And I go, gosh, I'm looking at my career. It's kind of nice to be a personal mentor now as well. Um, but I do get asked a lot about how to 
um, how to get on a board, you know, um, mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you, that, that's a, that's an ambition of a, of a lot of women. And you know what, what's great right now is the current dynamic is um, board search committees are looking for women. Yeah. Um, they they yeah. are. So it's really a good time to be interested. But what I, what I always try and say is some of it based on my own experience working for boards, some of it being on boards is not, every board is not the same. Okay. That you really have to think through what, where you're on, what you're doing, what your board is doing. And, and I'm just going to give three examples of different boards that I've been involved in because mm-hmm. they really do. When people say, well, how do you work with a board or how do you get on a board? You have to think, what do you want to do there? Right. What's your, uh, you know, I keep going back to what's your North star. So for instance, if you're in a big public company, right, and you're serving a large board, chances are, unless you're in that C-suite, you're going to have very, very little um, exposure to that board. So as you're just an employee in the rank and file, like understanding what the board values and just from a learning perspective, it sounds really simple. But really understand it, like, and it's, you know, it's a, a lot of it's publicly available through the own investor materials mm-hmm. or through um, commentary by the CEO. But I do think it's always valuable to get a really good sense and perspective of your own company by what the board values. And that's all there in the investor relations. They're pre- they are required, if it's a public company, to represent the the stakeholders, which are the investors, the employees, the customers, you know, at some level. But you'll see, based on the investor materials, what and what is being shared, what how the board is enacting their duties. And I do think it's a valuable lesson, particularly if women are interested in being in a board, is study what your own board is doing. You may not be in the room, but it doesn't mean that you can't learn and you have the advantage of knowing the company. So study such that. good advice that that is such good advice. And um, it, it, I loved what you said, which is what, what do you want to accomplish, right? Like how do you want to create value or impact? Because I think all too often people see a board as like, Oh, I can put it on my resume. Or, oh, like, you know, I, I I may be moving on in my career, and so I'll just collect a bunch of boards and I'll call it in. It, it's not about that. It's like it's it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't call in on your own job, right? You wouldn't do it half ass. So from a board perspective, I love that you're saying, go in, like how can I create impact and value? Yeah, uh, and, and understanding yeah. how boards work is the number one thing. When you're in the C-suite, you're the CEO or the CFO, typically, you're getting a lot of exposure to the board, right? So you're working in collaboration with the board. And I've been on both sides of that. Um, uh, And again, I've dealt with public company boards at IBM, General Motors. Um, You know, I dealt with um, nonprofit boards, which are really interesting. And I'll come back to that because of next up. Um, but I've also been on boards. I've been on a private, a couple private equity company boards and also a public company board. Now, when you're in the board seat, you have a different agency. And this is one that's really interesting, which is in a private equity environment, a lot of times the expectation is that independent board member or the operating partner that's on the board is going to be a, a working board member. You're going to dip in in an area where you have expertise. And I've done that on boards. I've been an independent board and, you know, kind of been at that high level advice council strategy. But I've also been on a board where we were preparing that company for sale 
And I was going in and kind of being the acting CMO at the same time I was on the board because you're doing work. Um, and so that type of board tends to be smaller. It mm-hmm. tends not to be as occupied with some of the regulatory compliance issues. The way that um, financials are reported are very different when it's when it's private versus public. Now I'll segue into public company boards because everybody seems to say, well, I, gee, I would love to be on a public company board. Well, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that I've given every woman I've ever run across. And I wish I'd had someone to give me that advice when I was young. Really be as good as you can about finance and working your way around a PL. It is mm-hmm. a critical skill. Absolutely. It is, it is yeah. very, very critical. And you know what? You can go to classes, you can ask for exposure in your company to projects which may have an investment or require CapEx or things like that. Really know your way around a P&L, know your way around um, financials. It's not just a P&L and an an operating loss thing. It's really around the financials. You can learn a lot from being a private investor or stuff like that, but you've really, really got to understand the financial dynamics as a baseline, everybody in that room will. And they, if you come in from another um, function, which a lot of women are not growing up through the finance, they're growing up through R&D, they're growing up through marketing, they're growing up through development. It's not that they're not welcome in the boardroom at all. It's that you've got to have, you've got to teach yourself those basic skills and knowledge. So the board, the CFO and the CEO aren't spending time in the board meeting educating you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was always pretty humble about it. And any board I was, I was always doing twice the work to understand everything before the board work because other people were more skillful than I was. And I needed yeah. to work. Tw- Remember going mm-hmm. back to memorizing the positions on the trading cards? I did the same thing. I really, really worked hard and I exposed myself and I, outside of the board meeting, I really asked the right questions so that I was a contributing member. It didn't mean that I didn't talk about what I did in my career. But I was really a contributing yeah. member yeah. as and understood what we were doing in the boardroom, which is representing the shareholder, making sure that the, the company had the top level strategy going, working with them on talent succession planning, CEO succession planning, and asking the strategic questions that you do in your quarterly board meetings of the staff. Not softball questions, but hardball questions. And those only come in if you really understand mm-hmm. the fundamentals of the company. So those are questions, nonprofits, or I'm not going to even talk about boards of sports owners, because that's a whole different experience, okay? <laughs> that I did have that pleasure as a commissioner, but that's just for another that, day. Sarah. That's that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other series of podcasts yeah. dealing with, sport, with the team owners. Um, but I do think really learning where you can and really prepping yourself and giving yourself that real experience, which is why I love Next Up, because at our regions and at some of our committees, you're getting that real life board experience. You know, we offer that as a nonprofit to women who want to learn these skills. I'm not aware of other nonprofits in business, in in the business of advancing all women business that actually have this as a differentiating factor. So gosh, come into an environment where you are Mm -hmm. welcome. You're going to learn from some of the top women in business. 
um, in a region level and a region position. And you can grow up, you know, some region members became national board members. I know some of our national board members are on public company boards. So it starts to become a network that really um, is is quite a great and productive use of working members. So I can't promise you that if you join that next up, you'll get on a board. But if you join next up, you'll learn some skills that make you deserving of being oh. on a board. Oh, absolutely. And I and I, I want to pile on to to what Lisa just said because it, it you can come in and and to Lisa's point, you know, either yourself or if you have somebody on your team who's saying, hey, I want to develop my leadership skills or I want to be on a board through the regions, you can make that happen. You can make that happen as a volunteer. Our regions are run by leadership teams that are referred to as boards. We have board committees. We have a, an overarching board of directors. So to your point, it's a great way you know, to, to dip your toes into the water. And um, I love too, Lisa, that you know, you've had a ton of experience like the Olympics and the Paralympics, right? You know, so much of it, you know, volunteer-led, you know, a volunteer board or volunteer or nonprofit oh. board is very different, you know. Very different. However, however, I'm super proud of the Next Step board. And, and, yeah. and, I, and I think you would say the same thing that, you know, I've had so many people join the board over the past six years and they're like, wow, you actually have strategy and structure and, you know, well, there's you're, governance and, you know. It, you're learning. I mean, I've been doing this yeah. one-on-ones with my board members and that was a big appeal for me is to work with, I think, the top leaders in business. I'm not even talking, call them the top women in business. It's the top leaders. You know, we right. have Wendy Davidson runs a $4 billion company. She's a new CEO. We have, you know, uh, Melody Richards running a huge business at Walmart. Um, uh, president and chief customer officer of food service, Dagmar Boggs. I mean, these are people who, you know, for me, I'm able to sit down with them in half an hour and get incredibly strategic advice, counsel. Um, they're, 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 they're business leaders. And this nonprofit is conducting itself as a business should and a lot due to what Mm -hmm. you built, Sarah. Yeah, no, no. And I, and I know that, you know, that's your, you know, style and approach as well. And, 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 and that'll serve, you know, our organization so well ongoing. So let's dive a little bit into, and, and again, reminding everybody it's been weeks, not even months, but what are some of your initial thoughts of, you know, as you look down the road, um, you know, how we can continue to bring that mission to life and things that you want to explore with the team? Well, uh, you know, I have to say it's been a delight because of the talent you brought in to be working with the team. I think there's three or four things that I think are imperative um, as we go forward. Number one is financial excellence, how we operate financially. Um, and um, that that's just a mandate in today's nonprofit world with the types of companies that we're serving mm-hmm. um, that we've got to be financially disciplined and, 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 and really, you know, really be able to get that five-star charity na- navigator for, the types of things we're doing. So financially like that, for sure. I mean, of course, every CEO says that, right? Every CEO says that. Number two, um, I think it's uh, creating financial excellence is the bedrock. But number two is operational excellence. And it's not easy. We're a small nonprofit. We serve an enormous 
widely diverse constituent of companies, large enterprise, small enterprise, individual members. And so continuing to ensure that our operations have excellence to them and are performing in service of our customers is something that I want to imbue as, you know, uh, a consistency of experience. And luckily enough, uh, Accenture uh, did a great project um, before I came, mm-hmm. the member journey. And there's so much good learning in that. Thank yeah. you to Accenture, our partner, and to Beth Marion, who's on our board. That work has set the table strategically. Now it's really developing all of the uh, initiatives yeah. that pay that off. So I think that operational excellence, particularly as it regards our partners, our regions, is number one, where I'm going to spending. It doesn't sound very uh, sexy, but it's really important. But the third thing I'm starting with is, a, you know, the listening tour that I'm doing and going on is, you know, every nonprofit should have a picture frame around it, right? And the picture frame is, where are you really going to be good? And where, you know, what is that border that says, you know what, we're not going to go here. Because scope creep can happen in nonprofits because advancing on women is such enormous <laughs> mission. And, you know, you don't want to exclude anybody in the mission yeah. statement. But but what you're doing that's proving mm-hmm. impactful to invest the advance on mission yeah. needs that that picture frame around it. So where that lands, like is it a little to the left? Is it a little bigger? Is it a little smaller? That's mm-hmm. the work that I want to do with our um HQ staff with the input of the regions and of course the input of our board and key partners too is making sure that that frame is set against the right mission and programs and initiatives that next up can deliver better than anybody else. Because if we can't do it better than anybody else, I'm going to gladly refer someone to many of the other hundreds of organizations that can. Right. And that's where really, really, where we really can deliver against our mission better than, than um, better because we're going to be focused about it and and prioritize those things that we know really well. So that's just it. But I want to switch gears, Sarah, because we have a limited <laughs> amount of time left. So it's been Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Wait a minute, Sarah. What are you doing? Tell me about what what's next. What's next up for Sarah Alter? Stay tuned. Okay, you need to I say almost, that for no, 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 no. I'll answer. I'll answer. I almost put that on my LinkedIn the other day. I I went through that. You know, uh, you know, you, you have to tidy everything up, right? As you're moving from you know adventure A to you know soon to be you know adventure TBD. And so I was updating my LinkedIn, and I felt like, oh, I'll just put stay tuned, you know. <laughs> But um, no, I I am taking some time off to I, I joke that I'm I've cleaned off my hard drive, I am recharging as best I can. Uh, personally, I'm just trying to spend a ton of time with my kids. I've I've got my youngest home for a couple of weeks. He and I are going on long walks, and he is Sounds teaching. Perfect. He is teaching me all about AI. Because that's one of the the areas that I am exploring, uh, and then he heads off to Israel, and he's working there. Wow. For the, he's working there for the summer. Thank you, Deloitte, for gainfully employing my youngest. And so we're going to go and visit for a couple of weeks, and and we're fortunate enough to go to Israel and Jordan. Uh, 
My older daughter lives downtown, so I'm spending all sorts of time with her. Thank you, Accenture, for gainfully employing her. And uh, and then my middle guy uh, is he's up at um, Epic, the MyChart um, healthcare company, founded and still run by an incredible female CEO uh, up in Madison. And interestingly enough, he. And his girlfriend and her parents are visiting this weekend. Wow. And I, and I have kept asking him, is there an engagement to be announced? Wow. <laughs> and he refuses to answer that question. So we'll see. Stay tuned. But on you that just list. talked about it on a national podcast. I'm yeah, sure I know. I know. Yeah. He, yeah. He's going to kill me. I can me. hear That's your okay. phone ringing. I, 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 you know, I take great joy in, you know pulling my kids into all of these conversations, but professionally, um, you know, I, I'm going to hit the ground running in, in early July and start to have, you know, all sorts of great conversations. It's It's right. been such an incredible opportunity to be a CEO. So hoping to find another CEO role, but I definitely want to mm-hmm. explore opportunities where that growth is happening, right? And when you look at that that technical arena and, and you look at what's going on with AI and you know, it's it's. I read an interesting article the other day that um, we are at. If you flash back to 1999, um, hopefully all of our listeners were born after that that or before that year, maybe after. But um, you know, you had like one percent of the companies with any type of a dot com, you know, channel embedded in their strategy. And now you look at AI and you've got about 7% of all companies that have some type of an AI presence embedded in their, you know, business model and their strategies. And so there's still a, a, a tremendous amount of opportunity. So I'll be, I'll, I'll be educating myself in that area and hopefully we'll, we'll find a great. Well, I think technology could use your skills of communication and, and this certainly needs it. It's, something that's really important now, now that, you know, kind of the AI technology is out of the bag. So people to kind of frame it, regulate it, uh, do the important hard work that needs to be done that everybody's calling for. So I assume, you know, great business leaders are going to be needed there. I remember, listen, I remember back to 99, you, no one will remember the podcast, but we were all worried about Y2K. We I, know. About, <laughs> I know. I know. Now we're worried about something a little different, Sarah. I know. AI. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, AI, Chat thank G- you. ChatGPT could have told us, don't worry about Y2K. Yeah, we, we got done. this. No, thank you. Thank you for going back to that era with me. Um, yeah, the the thing that just it it truly excites me about AI is, you know, right now, like you look at chat GPT, right? It's informing itself by all the the you know the the content the data you know you name it that's out on the internet but what you can do with with ai is you can reframe that and so for me in the spirit of what next up is all about you know we're here to prevent bias discrimination etc and ai is going to enable us to take that blank sheet of paper and say yeah we're not going to perpetuate the racism right we're not yeah. going to perpetuate you know, um, the me too moments. Right. And, and so that to me, I think is just an incredibly exciting opportunity. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I, I, I know how crazy busy you are and it's good, crazy. 
Um, and I know that everybody who's listened in today wholeheartedly agrees that you will take next up to that next level. And as a lifetime member, I will be cheering you on. (laughs) All right. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy your kids and their adventures. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing. We're going to stay tuned, Sarah, but I'm sure we'll be hearing from you sooner in the letter. And thank you for the incredible legacy of Next Up. It's a delight to steward um, the incredible organization you you helped create and grow for the last six years. So we thank you on behalf of all the people who are listening. Thank you. Oh, that is so kind. Thank you. So this is a bittersweet moment. I bid you adieu. Um, And Lisa and my former team have heard me say it. I don't do goodbyes. I'm a huge believer that paths do cross again. And I do know as well that um, Lisa and her Next Up team have some phenomenal ideas and how they're going to take our podcasts and take them to that next level. So stay tuned on that. But as I leave, I must convey some special thank yous Um, to Voice America, most notably Tracy, Robert, Aaron, and, and Jordan today. You were so supportive of me as a newbie, and I greatly appreciate your taking a chance on me and Next Up and being there every step of the way. To Angie and Maria, you have been such amazing partners to me in helping to curate and deliver the life-changing stories and business lessons that we've been able to provide. To Erica, you and I took this wild ride together two years ago, and I'm eternally grateful for your partnership and willingness to try something new. And most importantly to our listeners, thank you from the bottom of our hearts I have heard from you here and there when I've seen you at an event or at a conference, you are the heart and soul of Next Up and know that we will exist so long as you need us. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with Next Up. Be sure to check out all the episodes on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you.